Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. Sometimes when life gets hectic and crazy, you just got to go home. So in today's episode, we're going to my hometown of Indianapolis, Indiana, to show you why Indianapolis should be on your travel list for 2019. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Gaines. It will expand your brain. Okay, so we were sitting at lunch um, back uh, a few months ago. Uh, We're sitting in your hometown, the town you were actually born in. And we're sitting there and we've been there for like a day or so. And we had this awesome, really great bike tour around the city. And what did you say? I said that I could actually live in Indianapolis. It was 
really cool city from what I remembered before. And in case you're wondering, yes, Jeff, my husband is joining us on this podcast because we both went to Indianapolis last year to tour around. And, and I was just amazed at what Indianapolis has grown up into. Well, you actually said you were falling in love with, with your hometown. Yes, I was falling in love, but falling part of falling in love means I think I could actually live here. Yeah, I mean, so what are the, what are some of the things that that really surprised you? Because because also you went to college at the University of Indiana, which is like what that's like an hour away outside of, outside of Indianapolis. But you didn't spend a ton of time there. Like if you wanted to go to the big city, you'd go to Chicago and stuff. Because just Indianapolis back in back you know several years ago wasn't where it is today. Yes, I just have to make one slight correction for anybody who's listening to this podcast. It's actually Indiana University, yes, but that happens all the time. Yes. People do tend to mix that up a little bit. Um, Hoosiers are very particular. Yes, we are, as most people are who went to college. But, you know, I, I didn't really come up to Indianapolis very much when I went to school uh, down in, in Bloomington. Maybe I would come up to Indianapolis to go to dinner or I was nostalgic for something that, you know, they had a, a cheesecake factory and they had uh, California Pizza Kitchen. So restaurants that, you know, are chain restaurants, but they were reminded me of L.A. and home. So I didn't really spend a whole lot of time in Indianapolis, which sounds strange because it was a big city and it was only an hour away. But this time when we went to Indianapolis, it I really thought, you know, we were sitting in a restaurant and I thought we could be in any really cool, funky city in America. We could be in Nashville. We could be in Asheville. We could even be in Brooklyn. I mean, it just had that vibe. There were people were funky and there was this this electricity that was alive in the city that I just don't remember being there when I went to school. Yeah. I mean, I've been to Indianapolis a few times and I keep seeing changes every time I've gone there, but now it's been a, a several years since I've been there. It's like, Whoa, I was blown away. It's like, that's, it's so really, you know, interesting. We stayed in the downtown area, but I, what I like is all the different neighborhoods they have throughout, throughout the city and stuff like that. But the, but the downtown area was great, nice and clean. It's one of the greenest cities, uh, in, in the country. We talk, uh, we, uh, took the cultural bike trail, which is by far, one of the best things in the entire world. If you want, if you want to go, go see a city, you go on this cultural bike trail, uh, you can walk it, you know, um, you could stroll. It's in different parts of the neighborhoods and stuff like that, but they took us all around. And that was by far one of the best things I've seen in, in any city. Every city should have a cultural bike trail, but just in the downtown area, you know, and there's not a ton of, of, uh, you know, chain restaurants or anything like that. It's, it's really clean. Um, they're environmental friendly. We talked to our friends at blue Indy, which is an electric car rental place. Um, they of course have all, all the scooters. Well, the scooters are back. Yes. Uh, they, they were gone when we were there. Um, but they're back now. Um, and Seth Myers fa famously fell on one, uh, back a few months ago <laughs> as well too, and stuff, uh, when, during the big 10 championship game. But, you know, we went to classic, uh, St. Elmo's, uh, steakhouse that has been there forever and i love a good steakhouse and uh, like uh this is probably my best experience that that was by far one of the best ones i've i've had yeah i've been to that restaurant i went there actually on college graduation night so saint elmo's is just like whatever you're picturing in your head to be like a quintessential steakhouse that's what saint elmo's is but with really awesome incredible food so i, I you know most cities the downtown area is not a place 
normally where you want to spend a lot of time. There are cities that are definitely the downtown areas are turning into the hub. But Indianapolis, the downtown area is just so alive. There's lots of different restaurants, lots of different budgets. You could easily just walk around and enjoy yourself. And I think that's something that's like really unique. Yeah. And it's also too that we want to say that they've done a great job, but they're continuing to do a great job. I mean, there's there's a lot of construction and we were there and then, and then we, we got to see a lot of green spaces. Um, there's a canal in the middle of Indianapolis. Uh, <laughs> I actually never knew that. That you could walk or, you know, run or, you know, exercise and stuff like that. We went on a gondola ride. Um, by the way, our friends at uh, Visit Indy hosted this whole thing and they were amazing. Um, one of the cool things I liked, that it's a sports town and I've always known it's a sports town, but literally almost everything is within, uh, you know, a small radius in the downtown area. You got the Colts, the Pacers. There's a great minor league baseball team and just right outside the city of course you have the indianapolis and indianapolis speedway that we got to go check out as well um and that's that you know that that's of course you know quintessential sports activity it's also voted one of the best airports in the world too like travel leisure and all those have kind of voted that the airport has always been amazing i've always loved that airport but since they've we've done the airport. I mean, it's just so easy to get in and out. And you don't appreciate a great airport unless you're from someplace that has a notoriously bad yeah. airport, I would say. Yeah. But the airport is just so clean. We're, we're talking about you, LAX. It's so clean. It's so welcoming. It's, it's easy just, to get in and, in and out of. It doesn't take a ton of time and everything. Yeah, it's just a really easy place to be. And I think when you come into a city and you come into an airport that's like that, it's it's like you can already feel yourself releasing tensions. It's like the city's, you know, just kind of giving you a big hug. So I, I like that. Yeah. And, you know, real quick before, you know, we get to our guests and stuff is that, you know, I love one of the things that I Doug, that I discovered is that they have these catacomb, underground catacombs. We got to get a private tour of that, but you can actually tour those um, and hit, the, hit those up. And that's really interesting. It's underground, you know, sort of layer and everything. And we'll have the link to that if you want to check that out. Newfields love sculpture um, in that that it's their, you know, museum of art there. And they have a ton of art there. But the original love sculptures that you see all around in Philadelphia and a bunch of other cities around the world. Um, they have the original one there, which is gigantic and huge. Uh, but there's also a lot of really cool things you could do at that new fields as well too. Um, and there's just a ton of restaurants, like you said, that these restaurants compared to, you know, so many places around the world. And I really love milk tooth, which is one of the last places we got to eat and check out and stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I loved it. But you know, what are, what are like three things that you love, um, as we wrap this up and also what's the Hoosier mentality? Well, I think the three things that I love are really not necessarily a certain place. Um, I will say, though, that if you are into the whole brewery culture, Indy is definitely a place you want to visit because there are breweries everywhere now. But I would say it's the people one. I don't know if it's just because it's my hometown and I have this connection to it, but the people are so nice. Uh, the sports is amazing there, which of course I love being a Hoosier myself. And just that there's so much variety for you to do, which I think is what makes a city so great. And it's all accessible. So it's not like you have to drive you know miles and miles and miles to get places. It's all accessible, which is something that we don't really have in Los Angeles. Everything is a major commute. So I mean, there's just so many reasons that that I love indie now, but 
you know, we've had this debate ever since Jeff and I have been together of what is a Hoosier. It's kind of a running joke. Uh, could border on getting annoying at times, but <laughs> I digress. I, how dare you? <laughs> what I look at is if you look at, you know, college sports or any sports, they have a mascot. But Hoosiers do not have a mascot. But a Hoosier is a... Hoosier is me. <laughs> That's my best answer. I was born in Indianapolis and I'm I'm a Hoosier. And, you know, we're just somebody from this crazy state in the middle of the country who we just we love people. And I don't know. It's just this it's just this mentality, I guess. It's hard to shake, actually, because yeah. I miss it. Yeah. And you also you just feel it all through the city. I think that Indianapolis is just really it's it was surprisingly cool. And it's a city that's just really getting it. And they're understanding, uh, you know, what a city needs to thrive and survive. Uh, and, and we have a, you know, a list of really great guests, in, including our friends from the Good Bones TV show and stuff like that. We got to talk with uh, all Hoosiers, all transplant or maybe some transplanted Hoosiers. Um, but it was it was just a gr great conversation. Yeah. So you're going to hear from three different uh, groups of people, I should say, that are hopefully going to show you what, you know, being in Indianapolis is all about and the cool things that are happening in Indianapolis and show you why Indianapolis should probably be on your on your travel list, especially if you just never thought about Indianapolis. So first up, we're chatting with Mike from WDRFA Indy, and we had the pleasure of sitting down with Mike at Hotel Tango for a little cocktails while we talked about Indy. So Mike, we were really excited to chat with you, I think mainly because the message behind your company and really what you're trying to do, right. the lifestyle brand you're trying to brand build, I think is it's just it's really like needed this these days and times. And I think, you know, inspiring people is that never gets old, right? Exactly. I, that's something that's just a legendary. So um, I'm probably going to butcher the initials I've been practicing. It. So it's <laughs> WDRFA, right? Yep, you got all it right. right. All right. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what that means and kind of how that came about. Uh, so WDRFA, um, it's an acronym for We Don't Run From Adversity. Um, and basically what it is, is just we embodying the community around us, um, exposing people to new things, um, and then do a thing, doing things that align with our interests. So uh, we've always really liked clothes. My business partner used to own a clothing boutique, um, what they call South Broad Ripple now or Sobro. Um, so kind of the evolution was a brand where we learn from our mistakes, um, and then still to create product and things that we really like, but then to move forward from that, we understood that we needed to make sure that the community was behind us um, and not just the community, the state, um, really. So uh, the main thing we want to do is bring people together, create a real lifestyle that uh, people can see that there's other like-minded people um, in the same community that they share instead of just you know, Indianapolis is known for a place where you go to work, you go home, you might go get something to eat. But we want people to know that it's more than that. Um, and it's just more people in the city that they can relate to. Yeah. And I love that you used at least to start out like clothing to create community. Like, right. how did you make that connection with clothing line community? I think the main thing was we had already been doing the clothes before. And people always look at us as like, somewhat fashionable um i wouldn't say that we're into fashion but you got style uh, yeah thank you i appreciate that but yeah i think it's just 
people who knew us already knew about the clothes and knew how we how we dress and everything. Um, and then we seen that as a way, like as a great marketing tool as well, because not only you, will, you can you buy a jacket that's really nice and a premium good, but then like other people will see you with the jacket right. on and people will ask, what is that or what's the brand? And then it's just a continuous thing. So we got hundreds like of walking, walking billboards, billboards out yeah, there. Yeah, right. right on. So like, how did you come up with the name? I'm curious about that. Um, so at first it was actually DSOA. Um, and it just, that stood for Don't Stop Overachieving. But we wanted something that had more of a little ring to it. And as far as like design and the aesthetic of like having a W and just how the other letters play out, it kind of just looked a little bit better. Uh, but that's something my business partner, GP, he uh, he really thought about it and we talked about it for a long time, right. even while we were still doing other stuff. And then we were like, this is what we need to do. Plus, um, the W being we, we felt like that really helps our mission and our goal. Like we embody just bringing the whole community together. Yeah. And I love reading on your website. You were, you know, it talks a little bit about like adversity and how we sort of view adversity as a negative thing. And right. people do want to run from adversity. They exactly. don't want to deal with it. But, you know, you talked on the website about, you know, embracing adversity and, right. and why that's so important. Like, how, how does that resonate with you? So the main thing that uh, came out the brand, um, and you'll see the dates that we use a lot, 73 and 91, but uh, my father and my brother passed, which is my uncle's brother and then his nephew. So it's like, it's a tight knit thing there, but then just throughout life, you know, life always happens and stuff goes on. And it's like, you could always just run from the adversity and never face it. But uh, we decided to, you know, use that to our advantage and use that as something that empowers us instead of enables us. Yeah, I love it. So, you know, we're in Indy, a, a place that if you've never been here, you might think is not diverse, is not culturally diverse, right. is not open and accepting. What is your, you know, view on Indy? You know, why why do you love it? Talk a little bit about kind of the new Indy, um, if you will. As far as the diversity, I think in every city, whether it's big or small, you always have your pockets of people who are who they are and they want to be where they want to be. But um, in regards to a place that's more diverse, um, one thing that I do see in the city is that food brings a lot of people together because it doesn't matter if you if it's a good meal, you know, people always want to be in that same setting. And then I feel like um, a lot of people move are moving in town that at least came back from college or they're moving in town for new jobs. So it kind of like breaks that barrier of who the city used to be. And now the people who were already here, they have to like adapt to everybody else that's in the city. So I honestly just feel like it's a lot of people in the city who want to do cool things and they find themselves in rooms with different people. Um, so, yeah, I think the. I think the city is definitely a place that you want to come visit or you can have fun and you can experience a lot of different stuff and you don't have to be like secluded in a right. certain area with certain people. And do you see a lot of organizations like yours popping up where they're, you know, local people who want to figure out some way to unite the community? Like, is a lot of that happening more and more now? Um, I say that. Um, there are a lot of brands and a lot of people who are doing things in the city, but I think what we're doing is kind of unique um, just because we are really we're really doing it opposed to just talking about it. Yeah. So we are making clothes and selling them and bringing people together. Um, there's a lot of other people that I do know and some I don't that are trying to do things, but they haven't really put that um, 
they haven't took that first stride. And I think once more people do start taking those strides, we will see a bigger change in the community. Um, sometimes people want to be overcalculated and they overthink things, but I feel like sometimes you just got to move on emotion and that's how things happen. Yeah, absolutely. So you talk more about how you're building your company to be, you know, kind of this lifestyle brand that moves beyond clothes. Like what are right. some of the other things you're doing to, to bring that community together? Something um, recently that we've uh, wanted to do just because another like family scare health issues and stuff like that uh, is the We Don't Run Running Club. So in the running club, we just it's not necessarily just running, but we just want people to live a healthier lifestyle and whatever that means to them, whether it be, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, however you can live um, just a little bit more stress free or eat a little bit better. But whatever that means to people. But within the running club, we'll have different people in a, across different pockets to where if you do want to be in the running club, you can check our website and you can see what's well, a run in Broad Ripple, eight o'clock. It's a run on the downtown canal, nine o'clock, just different days and stuff out the week. Um, in addition, we'll be relaunching our website here soon. So we'll have like a full blog on there where you can see what's going on in the city, um, new stuff that came out or, you know, local um, clothing stores and clothing brands just embodying the community right. even more um yeah and then just continue to push out just fresh content and new ideas that people haven't seen in the city that's awesome so i'd love to know a little bit about you know why do you love indy like what do you think makes this city so great like what's happening now that's different maybe than what even happened a few years ago here uh I go back to the food again. Uh, I moved here in 2011 um, and I used to ride a fixed gear bike through downtown and stuff because I lived downtown and went to IUPUI. Um, and I would see, like I would ride past Mass Ave and other areas of the city and it just wasn't as developed as it is now. Now you see breweries and distilleries, like we're in Hotel Tango right now. Um, restaurants popping up everywhere and it's like good quality food so people are starting to notice that oh it is a cultural trail so now when i go out to eat i know i can go take a walk after or i can rent the bike shares and i can do different stuff in the city um but i think why i like it so much is um i do like to eat and then on top <laughs> right of that there with you <laughs> yeah and then on top of that it's uh everything's fairly accessible you know it's not hard to get around the city traffic is never really that bad and it's always something going on if you know where to look um so that's one of the things that we yeah. want to add as well on our blog like a lot of people don't know where to look to find stuff so i do get on instagram all the time and people are like what's this or i didn't know about this or i didn't know about that so we want to kind of alleviate that and give people less excuses because we know people still make excuses right of course, I hear you. Um, so tell me if we asked everyone we interviewed this, if there were three things that you could do in the city, like what would those be? What would like your top three be? Um, so number one would be on the downtown circle instead of having, you know, Salesforce and the banks and stuff take up all the first level spaces. I would give them the rest of the building, but I would make that all retail. So it could kind of create something for the mall downtown to be like a whole shopping experience to be outside and inside. It would just create a different vibe, I believe, right. and make people be outside. Um, what else would I change? I don't know. That's That's been my main thing. I guess the other change, um, I would make more of like social environments. So like places that are open late night. Um, so I, I have a lot of friends that are like photographers and they want to go to um, like a coffee shop or something at the end of the night. But 
something isn't something isn't clicking because a lot of the coffee shops that were open late night and stuff they're closing so i'm not really sure what's going on with those right. business models so i say that to say uh just more funding and more help from like the city to you know create places that are for the community where a business owner or you can get a volunteer or somebody to get in there um and just you know help out opposed to everything always being based on money and what um, about some of the things that you love about the city like do you have a favorite restaurant or favorite place you like to hang out um yeah so yeah i, don't, I can only think of those two things but as far as my favorite restaurant right now I like the eagle it's the yeah it's really good fried chicken sandwich i get that all the time other than that i like to go to cafe patachu for like yeah, breakfast who doesn't, lunch, right? brunch. yeah yep. Um, and then other than that, one of the hidden gems, I think in the city is the back room at uh Goodfellas pizza on oh. Mass Ave. A lot Do of people don't like know about code? it. You don't, you just got to keep walking right. around. Yeah. Most people don't know, but it's like, it's really cool. Um, it's set up like a, it just has a vibe. It's a nice bar back there. So yeah, I like to have a lot of business meetings and stuff back there. It's a real cool vibe. I think it'll continue to um build i do hope to see just more retail um it's already a lot of restaurants you do want to see more restaurants pop up but it's so many you know um apartment buildings popping up and they have retail right. space available um but you don't want that to just be open forever so i think the future you'll see a lot more retail and then more restaurants popping up because people are coming there's jobs in the city it's always stuff going on so I think it'll be a cool place here in the next couple of years. And then we got like the all-star game coming soon. And it'll be a lot of ways that money starts to generate into the city. And I, I'm excited to see what will happen. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and T-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. 
That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. 
Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Then we swung by the Rook restaurant, which was amazing, by the way, to hang out with Jared and Fabian from the Drink Culture podcast. All right. So I think one of my favorite things to do as a podcaster is to talk to other podcasters. And this couldn't be more fun. We're sitting in a really cool restaurant in Indy. We're all sipping some form of alcoholic content. Um, and I, I just would love to know, Fabian, you know, how did you come up with the idea of the Drink Culture podcast? Um, so th- this was about a, a little over a year ago. Uh, I was just kind of sitting around and I sent Jared a text message and I, I don't really know what the impetus was behind sending the text. But I was just like, hey, man, do you want to start a podcast? And of course, Jared said, yes, <laughs> I, I, I'm in. And the next question was inevitably, okay, well, what, what are we going to talk about? And at the time, you know, Jared and I were both really into bourbon and beer and Jared more so on the bourbon side and I was more on the beer side. And we were just like, all right, we're, we're going to talk about this. We're, we're going to let people know like what's good, what isn't good, like where to go hunting for bourbon and beer and stuff. And um, kind of just decided to do it and, and realized very quickly uh, after about like six or seven episodes that we completely ran out of things to talk about. We were not <laughs> as educated as we thought we were or we were going to be. Um, so we kind of wanted to, to make a transition at some point because we were having fun and enjoying what we were doing, right? Like getting together, um, talking into a microphone, you know, kind of morphing into starting to tell stories. Um, so we knew we wanted to continue to do that. But uh, originally it was just all uh, a text message, just like, hey, do you want to do this? That's, I think, the way any great podcast starts is just like, hey, I, I'm just going to jump on a mic and start talking about a subject and see if people listen. Oh, yeah. And then the big pivot for us finally came to where we're like, okay, with a podcast, and you know this, is we always want to try to leave someone with like an actionable item or some sort of like tip or something that I could take away and they could walk away and be like, boom, I learned something today. It was a great, you know, yeah. great conversation, great episode. Um, so what we decided to finally do is go more of the interview style where we would find different thought leaders, business leaders, and personalities, artists here in the city, and then learn about them, tell their stories. Um, so once we decided to go that route, it started to all kind of come together in a sense of actually not necessarily making this a business, but more so of like having a, a why behind why we were doing this. And, you know, eventually after I would say interviewing the first 10 people, I think we're at 72 episodes now, but after the first 10 people, we finally started to realize like, wow, we can actually make a big impact here in the city. Um, telling these people stories who struggle with telling their stories to their own audience, whether it be their product, whether it be, you know, um, whatever their brand may be, they struggle with that and can't have that reach. Now we're kind of giving that extra accelerated reach for them, which has been pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I think anything that provides a medium to share those stories, particularly what I think is awesome about your podcast is it's, you know, within the boundaries of the city, you know, and there aren't a lot of podcasts out there that are highlighting, mm-hmm. you know, city. And I know that there's been so much transformation here in Indy. Um, obviously, I was born here, but I don't remember a whole lot about it. But I do remember coming up to Indy from from college in Bloomington. And 
it certainly didn't have this feel. So like, what do you what do you think is attributed to this? Like what has happened that has brought India alive? I, I think there's quite a few different things. Um, the one that I always hit on and just as a business owner, I started a business in 2011. Um, and then in January, February 2012, the Super Bowl happened. Super Bowl here in Indianapolis. And I think that was a huge... Uh, there was a huge investment by the city to make sure Indianapolis was not only, you know, on a spotlight for the rest of the U.S., but for the rest of the world. Because the Super sure. Bowl is such a big event. So, you know, there were vacant buildings that people were trying to get different businesses into. There were other buildings that they put in different, um, you know, the Legacy Center one on the east side where they grew out different buildings for, you know, children's camps and um, for also during football, the, the Super Bowl week. So everything was sort of, there's this like, re-energized investment into the city for the Super Bowl. And then since then, I think everyone just kind of jumped on that wagon and, and, and went with it. Yeah, and, and I think that we had some quite a few early adopters that realized early on how awesome of a community Indianapolis was. We had a lot of people um, that decided to start their businesses here and, and really build the foundation for what ultimately we, we have now. You know, you take the restaurant that we're in currently at Rook and... Um, you know, th th this is one of those those places that's really special here. So Ed uh, <laughs> was was really early into kind of planting his restaurants in some of these neighborhoods. Like right now, Fletcher Place, uh, Fountain Square is vastly different than it was five years ago. Uh, but it's people like that that really gave inspiration to other people of like, hey, we're, we're building something cool, right? And everybody goes back to the term of like being punk rock, right? So we had a lot of these early punk rock people that were just like, let's do this here. Like we, we've gone and we've traveled, we've seen what we like. Let's bring that back and like, let's make something cool here. And I think that that continued to carry over because there's still so much room to grow. And the community here really is supportive of other people trying to make businesses like that happen. Um, so really in, in talking to everybody that we've talked to, it's like that sense of uh, everybody wanting to better the city that we're living in because it's, it's like this awesome hidden gem yeah. that eventually people are going to find out about and it's going to ruin everything that we love. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not, right? That's the goal. So yeah. I'd love to know, you know, some of the stories maybe that have stood out in those episodes that you've done. You know, what are some of the people who are, are really bringing indie back to life? What are some of their stories? Um, I'll give a quick one real quick. You, you touched on it earlier. You were on the um, cultural trail and we had the opportunity to speak to Brian Payne, who's literally a living legend here in the city of Indianapolis. And he was the guy that had the thought to make the cultural trail. And that is something that is world recognized as like one of the coolest greenways in, in a city. Um, so hearing him talk about starting that and, and seeing what that's been able to do to connect all of our cultural districts is, is amazing, right? And that's somebody that I would have never thought we would have an hour's worth of time to just chit chat uh, about that stuff. So yeah, I think that's what makes podcasting so cool is that you can do that and you can have those conversations. Yeah, I, I would say, I mean, it's rather than one story, I'd say it's a combination of stories of hearing similar stories, but different businesses. So uh, just down the road here on, in Fountain Square, you have New Day Craft, which is a, a meadery and they, they create ciders as well. And they started, um, Tia and Brett, they started their business literally out of their house 
and then went into a farmer's market, started selling their mead and cider at farmer's markets, then finally found a, a building and then finally found, you know, storefront and finally, and the whole yeah. story just kept growing and growing and growing. And now everyone here in the city uh, knows TM Brett. They know, most people know what New Day is. And then on top of that, now they're partnering up with all the different distilleries, all the different uh, craft breweries here in the city and doing collaborations. And, you know, we've met with, um, I can't even keep track of how many, but Eighth Day Distillery, West Fork Whiskey. And so a lot of that's happening now. And there's a little revival that we wouldn't have seen, gosh, what, five, six years ago? There was, I don't think there was a single distillery even... Yeah, even three or four years yeah, ago, what, there wasn't. What do you think is happening? Like, what is sort of bringing that to life? Creativity. Yeah. I, I think people find like Fabian kind of hit on it. Everyone's starting to see Indianapolis as a place where, you know what? I do have an idea. I do have a vision. I do have a product. I do have a brand. Like, why can't I do this? Everyone else is trying this. So people are finally going out there and actually trying it. And as sometimes people knock on in Indiana as a whole of being very conservative and not being very progressive in a sense of like, you know, all the, all the different <laughs> laws. We just, what, two months ago, three months ago, we just got Sunday sales for liquor. Uh, so alcohol and liquor stores are now open on Sundays, which most people who come and visit, they're like, wait, they what? weren't? Yeah. Exactly, right? Um, so, you know, with that, I think this, the state government as a whole, the city government are actually helping people. They are actually making laws a little bit, not necessarily easier, but they're trying to help people start businesses here because they know if there's more businesses, it's going to do nothing but help the city, right? So, um, you know, I know I didn't really specifically answer that one direct story, no, but, I, but think I think that that is true. It's it's the it's the creative kind of like underbelly that helps promote people like to say, I have an idea. Let me try it here. If there's a community that rallies around you, yeah. it's potentially, quote unquote, a lot easier than if you were to try to do that in New York or L.A. or maybe even Chicago. Absolutely. Because you know. I and I I do have a story now. Uh, Tommy Dant he owns James Dant, a store for men out in Irvington, which is on the East Side, and it's a it's an amazing story to, or store. It's an actual. It's like I actually when you walk in, you feel like you're in L.A. You feel like you're in New York, like for a men's clothing store. Uh, but people don't know about it, and people all the time. I'll be like, Have you ever been to James Dant? And they're like who's that or what's that? And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's this clothing store that's on the east side and Tommy Dant will walk you through and curate the product himself and, and tell you whether it looks good on you or not. Like he's not going to try to force something on you. He just genuinely wants you to wear something that's cool and creative. And, you know, being able to help people understand that that's there. You can probably see the passion I have talking about this, but it's fun. <laughs> it's cool to see that. And then we're also building our own relationships with these people, which has been an amazing part of, you know, of this whole process. So do you see a lot of younger, you know, 20, 30-year-old millennials, if you will, coming to Indy to live here, to start businesses? Like, is there an entrepreneurial vibe that is really resonating as well? Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I think a lot of the people that we've spoken to, probably more than 50%, so I think that that's a pretty sizable number, have, have been categorically millennials um, that have started those businesses. And I think that the cool thing about what, what's happening here is that they're taking the risk and, you know, they're, they're willing to fail. Right. But, right. you know, not going out and doing that somewhere else is, I, I think is like this cool safety net that, that we have here. Um, one thing that we've kind of garnered from all this is accessibility to leaders and mentorship 
And um, I think that that lends a lot to younger people, millennials specifically, being able to take those kinds of risks is that they've got those people that have already started businesses, have been successful, that are very willing and giving of their time to give advice and mentor uh, to the younger generation that, that want to do something like they've, you know, like they've done. Yeah, it just makes such a difference. Yeah. I know myself. So I know this is an absolutely impossible question, but if somebody was coming to visit Indy who had not been here before, what are like in each of you, like the top three things that you think they should do? Yeah. Um, one, I would say you have to go eat at La Margarita. Um, that's one of my absolute favorite spots. I would always tell somebody to, to go have some food at La Margarita. It's, it sits on the corner of, of uh, Vir- it's on Virginia, right? Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Virginia. And, and it's got this beautiful view of like Fountain Square and it's very centrally located, but the food's amazing. They've got great like tequila and mezcal selection. Uh, so I would say absolutely go there. I'd say run on the cultural trail or walk the cultural trail down by the canal. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. And then depending on the time of year, if you're here um, when there's baseball going on, I'd say go to an Indians game. It's one of the uh, nicest uh, minor league baseball stadiums in the entire country. And those games are just so much fun. So. Yeah, I'm going to kind of steal a little bit from him. Um, I definitely think the culture trail is something that's unique to our city. And this trail connects all these different neighborhoods. It connects the downtown area to the east side, west side. Um, So it's super awesome. And also the canal, going for a run on a canal, is something that's different in our city compared to some other cities. It's a little bit smaller, but it's going to allow you to see some of the... um, different uh memorials that we have here in the city as well uh i put i i would say mass ave massachusetts avenue is kind of like our cultural our arts district it's turning into a little bit more of a bar scene uh (laughs) than what it used to be and i know there's some people that are not stoked about that but there's other people who understand that from a city growth standpoint that it might be a good thing as well so there's mixed mixed reviews on that um but there's tons of amazing restaurants and bars up and down mass mass ave and then the third one i mean you can't forget the indianapolis motor speedway uh just going out there just whether there's a race going on or not just going out there and taking a tour or driving around and just seeing the it's just like a legendary yeah just seeing the size of it will just you just take your breath away so like Although I'm not much of a race fan, if you're coming to Indianapolis and never been here before, you, you have to see it. What's next for Indy? Like, where is it going from here? Uh, it's a good question. Ask the city leaders and, you know, fingers crossed, they hope Amazon uh, puts their second yeah, headquarters that here. Would so be... it, there's mixed reviews on that as well. Um, I'm, for, <laughs> I'm, I'm for it personally because I feel like even though it would bring in 50,000 people and you know, the uh, cost of living would skyrocket. I think we would adjust to it. I think every city can adjust to something like that. And I think it would put us on a new platform of where we're currently at. So talk about your- Like a visibility platform. Yeah, I mean, we would, not saying we'd be on the Chicago, LA, New York level, but we'd be getting close to that uh, if Amazon came here. Um, So, you know, the tech scene right now is just off the charts here there are people calling indianapolis where we've been deemed one or two of the next um silicon valleys of the midwest here you know us columbus and a few other places so that's taking off as well so hopefully we start to see more of that and more uh venture firms more bigger companies come here that's going to allow us to just continue to grow from that standpoint 
Um, I'd say that you're going to see us uh, continue to be leaders in, in a couple of different things. And if we're not leaders now, we're, we're certainly going to be. Um, I, I know that some people, whenever we mention our airport, automatically get up in arms because it's like you meet somebody from Indy and the first thing they tell you about is the airport but the airport's but, I amazing mean, honestly yes well, I come from like the worst airport yeah. so you know Indy is just like it's a breath of fresh air yeah. and, and they're already beginning to do like renovations and make it even better which is great but you know we've also got one of the greenest airports as well so I think that um you know, something sustainable like solar energy and wind energy, I, I think, is, is something that we're going to continue to push and, and become leaders in. And then also on, on like the craft spirits and, and beer side, I, I think that we've got a great scene here that's continuing to grow. Um, so I would like to see that continue to push forward and really make us a destination uh, here, like in the Midwest for, for people to come and, and check out. Our last stop was with Karen and Mina from the Good Bones TV show on HGTV. You may recognize their names. We hung out at Provida Coffee, had some sweet little treats, and talked about why they love Indy. When I went to school at IU and I would come up to Indy to go to, you know, Circle Center Mall or whatever. I mean, oh, I mean gosh. There, there was nothing <laughs> yeah. really downtown. I mean, no, it was, it was like just, Applebee's and Fridays. Yeah, I, I didn't really go anywhere other than like, hey, I just want to go to the mall. But yeah. now downtown Indianapolis is, I mean, we just went around yesterday and I hadn't been here in quite a few years. I'm There's like, a oh huge gosh. amount of people. So when I graduated from IU, which was 2007, all my friends got married, moved to the suburbs, started having babies. And... Just in the last 10 years, probably really the last three, I feel like there's been a huge shift where people with young families are staying downtown. Um, empty nesters in the suburbs are selling their homes and moving downtown for the walkability. Which is rare. You don't yeah. see that in a lot of cities. Yeah. yeah. Well, and our, I think our big challenge now is what I hear complained about is the schools downtown. And what I say to every single person who complains, are you a parent? Do you have a child that could go to that school? Then be a pioneer because what makes a school good is a parent's involvement. And it's that simple. You send your kid there and you be involved and the school will be good. And I don't think that that speech is getting anywhere yet. No. <laughs> and I think one of the things that our city has that very few have is uh, the ability to walk to football, basketball, like all the sporting events. Within a really like short Usually day. it's we're taking a bus an hour out to the stadium. We're going to a football game. We're going to bus it back. And Indies, I mean, you can walk literally to everything. The museums, the all the restaurants, all the bars. So you can tailgate and then walk to the game. And I think that was huge, especially when the Super Bowl came through and they developed Georgia Street. I think a lot of people it put Indy in, in the map, on the map more than like everyone just thinks we have corn, which we do. But and it's good. Yeah. It's very good. And tomatoes. Oh my gosh. Indiana tomatoes are amazing. But downtown, we don't have any corn. We have lots of other cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'd love to know from each of you, you know, for someone who's never been to Indy before, like, what are your three favorite things? If you can only do three things in Indy, what would they be? Mine would all be food related. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Wait, you t tell yours. I need to think for just a second. First for me is always 100 acres at IMA. I, it's a, outside art installation that's a beautiful walk and provocative. It makes you think. Uh, I, I, we just went there and the igloo in the middle of the lake is gone, which is sad to me. Okay, what's yours? Um, I mean, you could kind of squeeze some of them together because if you just walk the cultural trail, there's so many that's cool restaurants. Yeah, there's yeah. so many cool <laughs> restaurants and bars. So like, you know, walk down the cultural trail, see what 
looks good to you. There's tons of restaurants on it. Bluebeard and Milktooth are two of my favorites. Um, and then, you know, walk the rest of the way downtown to Mass Ave and then go to like a Pacers game or a Colts game. Um, because we have, even when we're not so hot, like pretty good fans. So it's always fun. Oh, the Colts games. Yeah, Mina's a Colts fan. I'm not a sports person. Uh, and she, three, We're going to be good this year. Luck's looking real good. It's looking strong. We've yeah. heard lots of different yes, we, no. He's so. playing. He's out. He, you know, is at, it was at camp. And we actually, I mean, if you want to run into him, just wander around. He goes to Wildwood a lot for lunch with his girlfriend. And he's very friendly. Uh, my next one would be Garfield Park. Because of the music and the art and the beautiful gardens and the conservatory, it's all, I, I think this is going to be a theme. I'm going to have parks and outdoors and you're going to have, but what's nice is we have city parks that are beautiful. Our downtown mall is gorgeous. Yeah, you have green spaces, yeah. you know, everywhere we turn there's Ooh. another. Third one would be the canal. The ca- I love the canal. It's got all kinds of places to eat. You can jog along the canal. You can take paddle boats on the Did canal. Did you see? So they do movies on Thursday evenings in the summer, and you could pay like 20 bucks extra, and they'll give you a float, and you could float no. in the canal, float to, watch in the the canal to watch the movie. That yes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you, uh, you, I did my three. I mean, mine, I think I just smashed mine all together, like the cultural trail, <laughs> food. A, food, and a, a sporting event. Um, I do want to say one thing about Andrew Luck. When we first got our show and our network executive told us our lives were going to change, Mina said, Andrew Luck lives in Indianapolis, and he's way cooler than we'll ever be. And he's fine. He walks down the street. And no one bothers him. Well, except, of course, me, because uh, I got an autograph from Mina because she's a football fan. So, of course, I bothered him. And that was our reassurance that we would be fine because we live in Indiana where people are really, really nice and they they're just nice. So we'll be OK. That's my Andrew Luck story. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.